Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odorico and right alongside of course every week is none other than uh, Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf show. Good morning Cindy and welcome. Good morning Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing better. Uh, welcome back as they say we, we had to take a, a, a quick uh, break last week uh, due to some some issues on my end and and I'll, I'll briefly mention that because it was something I want to point out about that. But uh, let me just very quickly remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings, unless otherwise indicated uh, here on blogtalkradio.com from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. And you just go to blogtalkradio.com and type in Women of Golf up in the search key, and that will take you to the show. And uh, if you happen to miss the current show, which is live this morning, uh, you can go by and visit the link at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf. And uh, that will take you to the on-demand section. You can listen to the archive version. You can also get us at iTunes.com. Uh, go to iTunes.com. Again, type Women of Golf up in the search uh, uh, box, and that will take you to the page as well for the Women of Golf show. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us this morning. And we've got a great show for you coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, joining us for our Own Your Game series that Cindy brings to us each week uh, is going to be joining us is Symmetra Tour player Casey Kennedy, who I know you know, Cindy. And then a little bit later on, uh, founder and CEO of Golf MDs, Alex Weber, uh, who I'm uh, quite familiar with as well, is going to be joining us in the second half of the show. Um, remember to tune uh, in, as I said, every uh, Tuesday morning. And if you're interested in coming on the show and you'd like to, uh, to reach out to us, you can contact Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Just send her an email. And uh, if you're somebody that's in the golf industry, whether you're a player or, or what have you, um, and feel that you have something interesting that you'd like to share with the audience, you can do so. Or you can also reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Um, very quickly before we start, Cindy, you know, as you know, uh, I had to cancel last week because of uh, some, some health issues on uh, I, I, one of the little grandchildren that, uh, that we have uh, became uh, quite ill suddenly, and we weren't sure what it was. And the reason why I wanted to mention that, Cindy, uh, is it turned out that he was diagnosed with what's called, and I'd never heard of this, but Kawasaki disease, and it's some sort of an autoimmune uh, thing, and it can be quite serious. So my, my caution to those of you listening out there, particularly you parents or grandparents out there, um, any time that your, your child or grandchild comes out with some sort of a virus and you think it's just sort of bug, do not wait um, and before you take your child to, to get them diagnosed. Get them diagnose right away and make sure that you eliminate all possibilities. The reason why I say this is apparently there's about a 10-day window with Kawasaki disease. Uh, there's a specific treatment for it, and if you don't get it done, it can cause uh, permanent heart uh, and valve damage uh, to your little one. So uh, make sure that you get them uh, right away. And fortunately, we were, we were very lucky, and, and uh, our little youngster had, uh, had been taken into the emergency right away. So uh, he was able to to receive the appropriate treatment, but it is a very can be a very serious disease. So it's called Kawasaki disease. So if you get uh, your little one getting some sort of a virus, uh, don't just slough it off to a cold or a flu bug. It could be something more serious. Um, but anyways, that was uh, why we had to cancel last week. Um, Cindy, I know that um, you know through the series we have different components, and today I understand we're going to be talking about the physical game. Yes. Yes. All right. So where does your and, ball go? What do you need to learn? All that good stuff. So I think that Casey, um, you know, I had forewarned her that we would ask, you know, how long she's been playing, what she's working right. on, and all that stuff. And and really the questions to ask, you have the physical ability to accomplish the task. Right. Um, you know, example, me being I want to play on the Legends Tour, well, there's no way I can compete with Lydia Cole unless I play the key play up. So, again, it's it's helping you to have realistic expectations 
Uh, And what's your practice plan to reach your goal? And how many hours a week do you devote to working on your game, whether it's out, you know, I call it play practice, playing and practicing while you're playing or hitting balls or practicing your short game. So, you know, it's trying to make sure that the goals that you say you want to reach are really realistic. Yeah, and and, and that's true. And, and it's, you know, we talked about this in, in previous um, uh airings of of the program you know we talked about just what you said you know how much time you want to dedicate and it depends on really why you're playing golf the first question of course in in your own game series is why you know why are you here and you know once you ascertain that then you can kind of put a game plan together if you're somebody that wants to be a serious competitor at some point uh throughout your journey then you have to have a, a substantial game plan you can't just sort of meander out to the range every you know once in a blue moon and expect that you're going to be competing with some of the top uh, ladies out, out out in the uh, LPGA or even on the Symmetra Tour or the Legends Tour for that matter, um, there's a serious commitment that needs to be made. And Cindy, nobody knows that better than you, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and and, so, and one of the you know don't kid yourself either. What right. you know what are you really doing? And Casey can shed some light on that because I know last year she didn't play full time and I know she was working in a pro shop. And she asked me some questions about, you know, how hard is it to do this, and what do you, what do you want to get out of it, and you know, what if, what's my path then? So she's really right. a very intuitive, smart girl, and right. I've always gone to people who are better than me, and humbled myself and asked them the question, you know, what are you doing? Watch them, you know, how how long have you done this? How hard is this to do? All those good things. Right. And I see that Casey's on, on board here. So let me just very quickly read out just a little bit uh, about her, about her background, and then we'll, uh, we'll get Casey to join us here in just a moment. Um, Casey, as we mentioned, is, is currently uh, playing on the Symmetra Tour. And uh, she's had a passion for golf and the spirit of the game has been part of Casey's character since the age of eight. So she's an early starter. Uh, when she first competed in, in uh, golf tournaments. And throughout her young years, Casey would be taught by her father to play the game of golf, teaching her techniques and proper swing form. And she would be chaperone, of course, uh, along the way and assisted by her mother during uh, many of the events that she would participate in. As the family watched Casey grow, there was a strong sense of passion towards her goals uh, to becoming a professional golfer. So let's bring Casey on board and uh, we'll get her to join in the conversation. Good morning, Casey. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we appreciate Which, uh, it, Kate. What city are you in right now? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I am. I, I think I heard you asked me where I'm at right now. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the tournament is in Lake Wales this week, um, but my home of Venice is actually not too far, so I didn't stay the night last week or last night. So I'm actually in Venice this morning, but I'm driving over to Lake Wales uh, after this. So. Well, perfect. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, welcome to the show, uh, Casey. We appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule and joining us this morning. And and um, Cindy, I'll let you uh, start off, and then I'll, I'll jump in with some some questions as well. So give us a little uh, background on where you've been, how long you've played, where you went to college, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, Ted, kind of as you said, I mean, I have four older siblings, and they kind of dragged me out when I was really young, but I started playing in tournaments when I was eight, and uh, it kind of just developed after that. I started playing in more and more until uh, high school, and then it got pretty serious, and I played in the AJGA, uh, which led to me getting a college scholarship at Augusta State. Um, so I played four years there, and... I had a pretty good stint. Um, I won three individual events, and the team won uh, once and a few seconds. So uh, I had a great time in college, and uh, now I am, after going through Q School this last fall, I have full Symmetra status. So as you said, last year I only had partial status, and uh, it was kind of a struggle to work my way up, but just in that short time, I was able to get full status, so I'm happy with that progress. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, let, let me just interject real quick here, if I can, Cindy, and then, then we'll continue on, because um, it raises an interesting question uh, for you, Casey. Um, obviously, you know, you started very young playing golf, 
what would your advice be to those that maybe have aspirations of, of doing what you'd like to do, um, but maybe really don't fully understand what they're up against? What do they need to know? In other words, once they've answered the question why they're there in the first place, you know, they want to play competitive golf, what do they really need to, to understand before they make that commitment? Well, obviously, it depends on what age group you're speaking sure. of. Are you speaking of a younger or are you speaking of like high school to college? I would say probably high school to college. Okay. I mean, high school, obviously, for me, getting a college degree was number one because, unfortunately, you know, golf, just like any sport, it's fickle. If you get injured, career could be over. So, for me, I had to have that plan B to get my college scholarship. So, I would definitely suggest that. Um, And then also just being on a college team and you learn so much from – other people you're on the team with and your coach, obviously, and you have that ability to travel to different tournaments. That's luckily not on your wallet. Um, But for high school, I'd say just play in as many tournaments as you can. Um, Try to get noticed by college coaches because that's the number one thing now is, you know, a lot of college coaches don't recruit unless they can see you playing in national tournaments. Um, right. So I'd say get yourself out there, you know, and if you enjoy the game, I mean, you're going to love being out there, and, and that's exactly what you should do. You shouldn't go out there and feel like you're working. You should go out there and enjoy it because you love the game. Well said. Very well said. Totally. Um, wow. Go ahead, Cindy. Um, so let me ask you a question. I teach a lot of girls and boys, but we teach a lot of juniors in Buffalo, and I'm always trying to inspire them to work on their game, not so much that they want to become the next Lydia Coe or Michelle Wee or Paula Kramer, but for the lessons that it teaches you about yourself. And I say to them, even if they play on a D1, D2, or D3 team, it's the opportunity to learn so many life lessons just by being on a team and the family and the travel and the experiences that you get to have. Can you shed a little light on that for somebody who may not be quite good enough to play on a D1 team and win a national championship? I completely agree with you, Cindy. The whole experience of college, whether I did well in college or not, you meet so many people, so many great people that are lifelong friends, whether they – are continuing to play golf or not. Um, and like you said, you just learn so many lessons with time management and having to go to classes, having to study, having to travel to tournaments. It's, I mean, it's helped me so much going on now that I'm not in college and still having so many things to do in one day. But you know how to schedule it because you've done that for four years. You had a mentor, your coach, who also probably has to do it all the time, and she teaches you how to do that. I think it's the responsibility and the accountability and the, and basically the growing up and becoming an adult, which, you know, it, it's just it's such a great learning experience, in my opinion. So let me ask you a question. What do you, because today we're talking about the Own Your Game series, and, and our topic is the physical game. So tell us about your strengths. What are the strengths of your game? The strengths of my game, um, I've always been fortunate to be able to hit the ball a little bit further. Um, I'm not, but I'm probably in that top 15%. Um, wow. And I've always you been brat. lucky with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm a, I'm a little taller, so that helps. I'm, I'm like 5'8". Five, I'm 5'8". Five eight. Five eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and that's that helps. It's totally no, a gift, though. Don't you agree that it's a gift? I mean, you can try I, to find 10 yards, but you're not going to find 50. Right, exactly. You can always maximize as much as you can with clubs or, you know, trying to get it on that right plane. But it's all about getting everything behind it and being able to be quick. And that's that's something I work on. Uh, you're talking about physical. Um, when I work out, I work on a lot of explosive, like box jumps, uh, ball slams, ropes things like that, that help with that explosiveness. 
Good. Um, I'd okay, also say so another strength that I long. have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Another strength that I have is I try to stay in the game no matter what happens. I don't ever give up. Like, if I have a few bad holes, I'm usually pretty good about coming back. Like, my first event out in California, the first the first round, I was five over through nine holes, and I was just like, wow, okay. You know, obviously, I was like, this is not exactly how I'd want to start my first event of the first year. But then I came back, and I was one under after uh, 17 holes. And then, uh, unfortunately, it got dark, and then we didn't get to finish the round. But it's just that's that's another strength that I have is that I never really give up, and I know that I can fight back into it. Good for you. Let, let me um, let me just ask another question, Casey, if I can. Just it kind of brought something to mind. When you have to get when you stop sort of mid round, or, or in this case, it was towards the end of the round. But let's say whether it be rain delay or or some other bad weather, um, does that throw you off sync? Um, if you have to either wait a couple of hours or maybe even pick up the next day, um, you're not able to complete the round that day. And, and you know, you've got to, does it give you an opportunity to regroup? Um, or does it kind of throw you off your game if you have to stop for a couple of hours or even half a day? Well, you know, obviously it depends on what the momentum I had going in till we stopped. You know, if I'm not doing too well, it's actually sometimes a gift where, like right. you said, you can regroup. Um, you get a second and you can just think through and you're like, okay, well, it's not that bad. Or, you know, if you have a lot of momentum going, I mean, to be honest, obviously it's hard to keep that momentum, but you know, you, you still, if it's only a couple hours, that's not too bad. You still kind of have that going the next day. It just, it feels like it's a completely different round almost at that point. Right. Um, what, what, what about the weaknesses in your game, um, you talked about some of the strengths. What are some of the weak areas of your game? Do you think that you really need to work on the most? Uh, recently, it's definitely been that I hit shots that I don't trust. That's something, and that's kind mm. of my pet peeve. So I don't know why I do it. So say I'm like in between clubs, and you know the pins tucked, and I'm, you know you know you're kind of thinking about what should I hit here? Is it better to be long? Is it better to be short? And then I'll choose a club, but then in my head I don't completely trust it anyway. And that has definitely been a weakness that I've had recently, but I'm working on it, and uh, it's a, like I said, it's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think golf pretty much is a work in progress all the way along. Cindy, wouldn't you agree? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Absolutely, Cindy. Absolutely, for sure. Let me ask you a question. I, well, I'm going to make a statement. The fact that you're aware that you're hitting shots that you don't trust, that's a big deal. Everything comes from self-awareness. And then you can do something about it. So let's, what's your normal shot? Is it a draw or a fade? Uh, it's normally a, a little bit of a fade. Okay. So if the pin's top left and there's a bunker left, and you've got 160 to the hole, and the wind is blowing right to left, mm. what shot are you going to hit? Uh, well, see, that would be a shot where I, you know, I feel like I could hit my normal shot shape. You said right to left, correct? And then it, I could take yeah. it maybe a couple feet right of the hole, and then it should end up perfectly. Hmm. So you would you would start it a couple feet right of the hole? If it's the wind's going to blow it left, yes. Yes, okay. So even if you fade it, so even if you fade it, the point is you're still going to hit the green on the right side. Correct. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is, Correct. again, I do the same thing, and I have to stop and say, okay, am I okay with the shot that I've chosen? And then I've got to totally commit to the decision, which if you don't take that extra second and ask yourself, that's when trouble shows up, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. That's, see, that's, that's why I'd say it's my weakness. Now, granted, I don't always put myself in trouble, but I don't put myself in a spot that I could have if I trusted the shot. Okay. So that's good to know. And, and obviously that – 
Yeah, and obviously, Katie, you know, when you when you do lack that that confidence sometimes in the shots that you're hitting, that that again attacks your confidence a little bit because it makes you unsure of whether you're making the right choice. Um, do you have things that you're doing specifically that you're working on off the golf course to to try to foster that confidence back? And and what types of things do you do you try to do? Um, maybe we can give some help to some of the the, the audience listening here. What do you try to do to help regain that confidence and, 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 you know, get some assurance that you are hitting the right shots? Right, of course. I mean, when I'm out practicing, um, you know, if I go out on the course and, you know, the, the round doesn't count, there's not money on the line or whatever, I will put myself in those situations, you know, put myself in where I'm in between clubs and, you know, maybe it's a little uphill, maybe the wind's, low and a little bit in my face and I'm not sure if I'd rather go at that nine iron or just move an eight iron and I'll put myself in those situations and I'll hit both of the the clubs and I'll see which one ended up better or you know sometimes I'll take both of the clubs kind of stand over the ball and kind of waggle a little bit with each club and see which one you know I actually feel more comfortable with in my hands as well Almost right. like an intuitive feel. Correct. Yeah. Because your mind, your mind kind of also knows. Since I've been playing golf so much, my mind also kind of knows what actually should work better, or you know, which feels right. Right. Do you have Casey? Uh, and I'm sure all golfers have this, and you probably have experienced this uh, on your your life on tour. Um, yeah where you've come up to a course that just doesn't fit your eye. Um, maybe as you said, Casey, you, you know, you tend to be a left to right uh, ball striker, sort of your, your go-to shots. Um, have there been courses that you've walked, uh, you know, you've played that where there's a lot of holes that just do not fit your eye and how do you overcome that? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I've played lots of, lots of courses like that. Um, you know, I just play more on the safer side. I pick a club. Like I said, luckily, I hit it a little further than right. most. So if I step up to a hole where I don't feel comfortable hitting driver, usually I can still hit like a hybrid or a three wood that I'd feel more comfortable with and right. still get it up there a bit where I'm not at a disadvantage. And sometimes the whole course is like that. So I'm right. not hitting that many drivers. Um, but it, it it literally is. It's all about confidence. It's all about feeling good over a shot. Because if you feel good over a shot, you're most likely going to hit it better. Actually, you're almost guaranteed to hit it better than if you don't feel good over a shot. Even if the, even if it's the right club and you don't feel good over it, you're probably not going to hit it well. Right. Do you so, back away from shots like that? If I feel really bad about it, definitely. Or if I feel like I'm not aimed correctly, I do. Or say last minute over my head I'm like this is definitely not the right club I do back away it's just when I'm like a little iffy and I'm not completely sure is that's where I need to start working on okay maybe I should still back up even though this might be the right club sometimes find... that subconscious mind starts yelling at you you know right exactly it's like no no don't don't hit the shot and that's right. what I definitely warning, do. Warning, warning, warning. Don't swing. Don't swing. This feels terrible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I get that. So it, to sort of sum that up, Casey, would you say that on, on a course that maybe you're not as comfortable, uh, again, it doesn't maybe suit your eye as, as well as others, that you play a little more conservatively and, uh, conservatively, excuse me, and maybe less aggressive on those courses? In other words, you play it safe. Whereas obviously courses that that fall within your wheelhouse, you're going to be a little bit more aggressive on on uh, on some of your shots. Yes, that's correct. Um, exa- like that's exactly how I play it because it's like I said, it's all about feeling good over the shot, and if I feel good right. over the shot, I'm going to hit it better. So if I playing conservatively uh, fits my eye better, I'm going to hit play better overall than rather trying to go aggressively over something I don't feel comfortable with. Right. Right. Well said. How long do you practice? Like during some of your practice sessions, you know, this is something that people need to understand as well uh, in order to, to, you know, really work on their physical part of the game. How much time as far as your ball striking that on, on any given day, do you spend on average? How much time at the range do you spend? Um, 
it all depends. It's obviously quality over quantity. That's what I always right. say. You know, you can spend four hours there, but if you're not really working on anything, you're kind of wasting the four hours. Right. So for me, it varies per day. Um, it depends if I'm working on something or if I'm just trying to warm up, say I'm going to go play golf instead. Um, I'd say on average an hour to an hour and a half just hitting balls on the range. Right. And that's all I'm not too much. I'm not too much of a ball beater. Right. Um, Because I feel like you can figure out what you need to do in that hour, hour and a half. Yeah. And, and that's probably, I, I would say there's two areas that most amateurs, they either don't put enough time into practice or they spend way too much time uh, and it's counterproductive. They're they're not really working on anything specific. They're just there, sort of raking and hitting balls, you know, for a couple of hours, thinking that that's going to, you know, give them some sort of magic solution to to their problems. Um, what do you try to do? And you say working smart or, or working with it with an agenda, if you will. Um, do you go with this, to the practice tee with a specific purpose in mind? You say, okay, I need to really focus on this area of my game, or I need to work on this, and that's what you work on, and, and nothing else. Yeah. Um... So say if I played the day before, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. my alignment was off. So I will go into that day knowing that, okay, I'm going to work on my alignment. I, you know, I'll have like an alignment rod and I'll kind of change flags uh, every now and then. Because hitting at the same flag all the time isn't either. Um, Right. So, or maybe I go out to the course and I was hitting a draw that day. And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe... I was getting a little quick, so then I'll come back the next day and work on timing. But it right. all depends on what what was really the the last what was happening on the round that last day. So it, your your practice sessions are based on your previous experiences. Nat, do you have um, sort of a go to routine that's sort of an overall routine that you? bring into practice as well that you know that you do every week even if it's just once a week you have certain things that you say okay I'm going to go out and I want to work on these four or five uh different things just to keep keep them tuned up keep them fresh the I mean the two things that I just listed there are right. things that I that go first is my alignment and my timing um and those I can always work on and consistency with my uh mid irons uh those are things I always work on um, trying to hit them consistent distance. Right. Um, Cindy, what about you? you, what, you know, I, I want to ask a question. Sure. Casey, do you know if you are audio, visual, or kinesthetic as a learner? I am not sure, to be honest. Okay. I'm going to send you a link to take an assessment. Did you play an instrument when you were little? I did not. Were you in chorus? I was not. And did you ever do dance? I did not. Okay. So probably not auditory. But that would be, um, do you ever practice with a metronome? I've tried it before with uh, putting. And I it, it seemed to help a little bit. Did it make you crazy? A little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> what was your, well, yeah, because if you're not auditory, you're like, this is a waste of time. This is stupid. I don't like this. Um, what was your major in school? Uh, kinesiology, exercise science. Are you a real neat freak? Certain areas I am. Okay. Are you super competitive? Yes, I, I always have been growing up with uh, older brothers. Okay. Um, and if you had to go somewhere that you've never been before and you cannot use your phone, you cannot use GPS, you have no idea where you're going, would you want me to, A, tell you how to get there, B, read written directions, or C, look at a map? I would say look at a map. Okay. Who do you believe has the best tempo on any tour that you've ever seen? Wow. I'd have to say Adam Scott's swing is just, I don't know, every time I watch it, it's just so fluid. It's so 
I don't, it's perfect to me. Well, what mm-hmm. I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a link to take this audiovisual kinesthetic assessment, and the homework assignment for you is to go videotape a bunch of Adam Scott swings. And just right before you play, as silly as it sounds, if you're, yeah, if you're a visual learner, because, see, I played clarinet for a long time, and and I was in chorus, and, you know, I'm always rocking out, and when I teach, I'm going one and two, and so a metronome is great for me, but for you, it's not going to work. So if, if your tempo goes, we need to find something that will help you lock in a better tempo. And if you're visual, then I think watching, you know, Adam Scott swing before you play might really help you. Or go videotape yourself, you know, swinging at the perfect tempo that you want to be at and watch it over and over and over again. I think it might help. Yeah, you say that that's a great point because a lot of times if my tempo does go, I do picture the swing in my head. Um, so I think you're spot on with that. When are you coming over to Lake Wales? I will be there short, like two two hours after this phone call. Okay. Because I'm in Orlando. I might come okay. over and videotape you. Right, we're teaching a boot camp this week. And watching our granddaughter, because our daughter is a producer at the Golf Channel, and she's in Augusta, and our son-in-law works at the Golf Channel. So we're teaching boot camp and playing as grandparents, so Lake Wales isn't far from you. I might come over and videotape you. Then I'll send it to you, and you'll have your own thing, and then you can win the tournament this week. How about that? (laughs) Sounds like a plan to me. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. So, um Casey, just to sort of wrap up here in that, what, what, are, what are you going to be working on for this season? What's, what's your main goal? Obviously, you want to, to put a, a W in the, in the, you know, win in the W column, but um, what are you going to be working on through the season, focusing on uh, the most? Like I said, trusting more shots, because if I trust them, I'm going to hit them a, a lot better, and that's where I go wrong. That's where I make my mistakes. And also putting. Putting can always... Uh, use improvement, but I think also same thing with the trust. If I trust my lines, if I trust my reads, I'm going to make more putts. Um, but overall goal, I'm happy with what the improvement that I made last year and winning would also, uh, obviously be great. Getting the top 10 on the money list would obviously be great, but I want to be able to play consistently, get in the top 10 um, more times than not. Uh, and a win would be great. Three wins would be even better, so I can yeah. go straight to the LPGA. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just playing more consistently, that, that's what I want to work towards. Can I ask another question? Do you know if you're linear or nonlinear? Have you ever been tested for that? I do not know that either. Okay. I apologize. Right. That's okay. No, No big deal. I had no idea I was either. So if I come over, I might test you because that will help you a lot. If you're nonlinear, it's going to make a huge difference because I'm married to a guy who's the second purest ball striker Dave Powell's ever tested. And um, if he had made one putt more per round, we wouldn't be working right now. And the reason <laughs> was it's because he was nonlinear and never, ever knew it until about 15 years ago. So, mm. yeah. Well, it all it all goes to really what you know, and, and as you said, Casey, uh, as well, uh, it, it sort of falls into that trust factor. When you trust what you're doing, it, it obviously adds to your confidence, and when you're confident, then you're going to go out there and, and uh, be able to play your, your best golf. Um, Casey, I want to thank you for joining Cindy and I. I uh, wish we had a little bit more time, but uh, we've got to let you go, and we know you're busy anyways, but um, we appreciate you coming on and, and sharing uh, some thoughts with us this morning and with our listeners and uh, we look forward to, uh, to having you come back and join us again sometime. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're very Thanks, welcome. Casey. Good luck this week. I'll see you shortly. Okay. Take care. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. What a great, uh, a great young lady. Um, obviously, is I think going to do very, very well and, and obviously very, um, very sure of, of, of herself and understands where her – um, strengths and weaknesses are, and I think that's that's the first part of the battle, right, Cindy? Absolutely, absolutely. She's very self-aware. 
Yeah, and, and and just to you know to remind everybody, um, as Cindy was was alluding to through the conversation, um, you know, taking this uh, own your game uh, series, taking the the um, the test, if you will, the assessment um, might be what you need to make that difference. So if you're if you're interested in, in purchasing the own your game series, but you also want to do the online assessment, then uh, uh, you can certainly either through the program here, we have it uh, on the program notes, so you can click on the link there and, and purchase it directly online. Uh, or you can reach out to Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com and she'll uh, walk you through the steps that you need to do um, to take the assessment and, and then, uh, of course, purchase the, uh, the online uh, Own Your Game series as well. So make sure that you reach out to Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com or you can just visit learn more at CindyMillerGolf.com uh, her website and get a little bit more background there. But um, uh, I just you know, think I it's so important to know about yourself because right. if you are, you know, when you're playing golf, it's you, the ball, the club, and the course. Right. And you are your only inventory. And the more you understand yourself, the easier it is to solve the puzzle. It's just, you know, it's imperative that you do this. Yeah, and it makes it makes a lot of sense too. You know, unlike a lot of other sports, particularly team sports, um, where you have other players to sort of fall back on, golf is really one of the very few individual sports. Um, you know, tennis uh, can be another one to a certain degree, but um, but golf is is an individual sport. And if you don't understand, uh, and, and Casey, you know, really mentioned uh, some some interesting points about her. Um, not knowing certain areas, whether she was, you know, audiovisual or, or whatnot, and not having that information sometimes to be um, maybe part of the, the battle that she's that she's dealing with is not fully understanding uh, herself quite yet. But she's certainly well on her way. Don't get me wrong. But maybe, you know, as you alluded to, understanding or knowing certain aspects about herself may open up a door that will allow her to to be able to even uh, tap into her talent even further. Well, it helps to solve the puzzle, you know, right. why do I miss shots? And it's not, you know, because you suck. It's because right. we don't know enough about ourselves. So it's not a judgment. It's a awareness. Right, right. It, exactly. So. And, yeah, and, and you know what? A, a lot of people out there are not aware. So, uh, again, I, I, we can't stress enough. Um, this Own Your Game series, you know, obviously we can only get into a little bit here each week. Um, there's a lot more components to the series, uh, and certainly we'll get into more detail um, once you purchase that. So go to CindyMillerGolf.com and, and or reach out to Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com and uh, find out how you can purchase the Own Your Game series uh, online. And uh, you mentioned very quickly while we're waiting for Alex to come on board, uh, you mentioned that you're doing a boot camp again down in Florida. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Is it j- just started? Uh, was it yesterday or today? No, it's, it doesn't start until Thursday, and we came a day or two early because of, um, you know, our daughter and son-in-law working oh, at right. the Golf Channel, and it's Masters Week. So it starts Thursday. We've got eight students coming down, so we're full. That's the max we take. Uh, right. We start in the morning. We have breakfast. We practice for three hours in the morning. We have lunch, and we play 18 holes every afternoon. And we work on all aspects of your game. And and needless to say, these uh, students have all taken these assessments as well because we're always trying to find the missing link. You know, what's what's wrong with me and why am I not better and how good can I possibly become? And it's funny because the other night we had a, um, a spring training session at the Dome on Sunday and uh, one of the students, used to play golf with my mother and her husband, who's still alive, is 90, and she's 87. And mm-hmm. I'll be darned, we, the dome was pretty busy. She walked upstairs with her golf bag, which was heavier than mine, and she's 87 years old, and the wall is 97 yards, and she's pounding the wall at 87 years old. And, wow. and it's so fun to see someone who realizes that it's never too late to get better. It's just it doesn't yeah. matter how old you are, you can always improve. Yeah, exactly. And just just on a side note, Cindy, you know, uh, you might want to rename your camps to Fun Camp because that doesn't sound like 
uh, a boot camp. That sounds like a lot of fun. I could handle doing that. Three hours of warm up and breakfast, and then uh, go out and play 18 holes every afternoon. That'd be a lot of fun. I think you should change that to uh, Cindy's fun camp instead of boot camp. But um, I, I know, uh, I know what you're saying. There are blisters and blood. Trust me. <laughs> oh boy. No. But you know, it, it, it's 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 funny. You know, one of the things that I really I really love uh, about golf is that self awareness journey that you take, and and it's and, and just so that a lot of people know, because there's a lot of people out there, Cindy, as you and I both know, that that really struggle with their games, and they've either thought about or maybe some have even given up. And we want to encourage you to to give it that one more. Uh, college try, if you will, and um, again, either uh, getting involved with uh, with your assessment and and learning a little bit more about yourself, and then maybe taking the Own Your Game series that you can uh, you can get online, so you don't even have to uh, go toe to toe with Cindy Miller. You can you can actually take the the <laughs> assessment and the program. Well, you know, but you know, people think, well, I, I don't have time to to go here. I don't have time to go there. Um, the wonderful thing about technology nowadays is you're able to do that in in the comfort. Uh, you know, of your own home, you can take the, the series and learn a little bit more. And then when you have that time to go out and, and work on things and practice things, and you can do that at your convenience. But um, you you make it so accessible now for people uh, with, with some of the different online programs that you have that uh, anybody, there's no excuse anymore, you know, um, to, to not to improve. Um, so we certainly encourage uh, everyone to, to, uh, to at least take a serious look at it. Um, so how long does it traditionally the boot camps last, Cindy? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days, four full okay. days. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, about normal, isn't it? I think really beyond that, it, it gets to be a little bit uh, too much because you're, you're really, you, I mean, all kidding aside, you know, you're spending a lot of time, three hours a day, you know, practice, then you've got 18 holes. Um, you know, you want them to, to absorb as much as they can in that, that period of time. Um, but you don't want them to go too, too you long. You and sometimes, yeah, you can go overboard. And the other thing is two of the days we play on the practice academy at Orange County National, which is a nine-hole practice course. So we do that so that you can drop another ball and hit another shot. Like Casey was alluring to um, when she was talking, alluding to um, that sometimes, you know, she'll sit up and say, well, does this club feel better? Does this club feel better? So we take the time for you to really ask yourself, what am I doing out here? Rather than, okay, hurry up and hit. They're waiting for you. It's like, right. no, 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 no. I want you to plan. I want you to prepare the shot. I want you to pay attention to your intention. And and so when you go home, you can become more aware and say, holy cow, I had no idea what I was thinking about People say they concentrate and they focus. Well, my question is, well, what are you concentrating and focusing on? Typically, it's the wrong thing. So we really pay attention to that at boot camp. Right. You know, something I, a question I wanted to ask Casey and and, uh, maybe next time, or maybe we'll ask another, uh, another player when they come on. Um, You know, she mentioned about the importance of wanting to finish college. Um, Obviously she's playing competitive golf now, but um, you know, one of the things that, that some of the, the, the folks down now the, I don't think as many of them do it now, but for a while there there were a lot that would sort of um you know wanted to turn pro and and sort of set aside their college a little bit um i I like the fact that she said that she wants to make sure that she's got a fallback plan. How important is that you know it's it's really funny um I don't know what the percentage is, but I know it's very, very small. Mm-hmm. And I think someone said one time there's only 3,000 scholarships per year open or 300 right. or something for each year. So how important is it, you know, you narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down. So she won a couple events in college. She yep. was one of the best players in college, and she did not qualify for the tour on her first try or her second try. Right. She's now, you know, last year she didn't have full status. There are so many people trying to do this, which is great, and the talent is amazing. I mean, if you watch the uh, AMA Championship, Inspiration Championship over the weekend, I mean, these girls are really, really good. So I don't know that people understand how hard it really is to get that good and how much time, and it's funny that you mentioned this because um, Sunday was the drive, chip, and pop championship. And 
we teach a lot of kids, like you know, and what we said was, I said, you know, we're going to have all these kids come to the clinic today and say, oh, wow, I need to, you know, really work on my game so I can win the drive chip putt championship. And the catch mm-hmm. is that you're probably, you have no idea how much those kids practice who are on TV. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. so no matter what age you're at, the competition is amazing. Now, Casey also alluded to the fact that you have to have fun. It's really yep. important for you to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't, you know, you need to not do it. But, yeah, you got to have a fallback plan. Even, you know, even I, if you're good, you know, our son Jamie, Jamie played at Augusta State as well and won a college tournament and beat Webb Simpson head-to-head, you know, and tried the tour for a couple seasons. And when he went, the last time he went to Q school, he said to me, you know, I played really good. He shot five under par at Q school, and he said, and I missed it by two shots. He said, you know, I don't know how much better I can play. And that's when he decided to use his finance degree, and now he's working at Morgan Stanley. He's a plus five handicap, and, you know, he won the New York State Men's Mid-Amateur Championship. So even if you don't qualify for the tour, it doesn't mean you can't play golf and use it. Right, exactly. And and that'll be a phenomenal business tool in the line of work that he's in as well, because a lot of um, you know, folks in the financial sector, of course, love to play golf, love to take their clients out and play golf. He'll still have that, that bug, if you will. Um, he may not uh, compete, uh, you know, competitively uh, on, uh, on the major stage, if you will, but he'll still have a lot of fun and a lot of enjoyment. So it's not all about making it on the tour and, and you know, going head-to-head with, with some of the top players in the world. It's just about enjoying it. And, you know, one of the other things, too, that, that um, you know, that I wanted to, to mention and, you know, you, you you mentioned the word fun, and I and I truly believe this. I think one of the reasons, and Casey kind of alluded to this, why so many people that struggle with their games don't have fun is they don't practice with a purpose. They just go out there and beat balls. They don't really have their own game plan. And again, you don't have to be trying to get on a tour or get on a college team uh, just to go out and play and, and enjoy the game. You have to have a purpose, and for that purpose. You, you have to be able to sort of put together a game plan around that purpose because I think if you just go out there, you know, willy-nilly and do whatever, you know, you think you need to do without really understanding it, um, you're not going to have fun. You're going to get discouraged very, very easily. And, Cindy, I'm sure you've seen this many, many times over the years. And, and ultimately, you're not going to have fun. And I think that's what really what causes people to drop out when they do drop out. Well, absolutely. I mean, the point is how good can you possibly be? And and it, you have to have realistic expectations. And, yep. again, you know, let's say that there's a kid that's practicing and they shoot 95. Well, let's try to shoot 90. Then let's try to shoot 85. Or a guy who's just trying to hit more fairways and break 100. It doesn't matter what level you're at. You can always yep. get better. Or if you're, yep. you know, Terry Hulib and she's 87 years old and she wants to be more consistent. You know, well, God yep. bless her. Let her have fun. Yep, exactly. Um, there's lots of ways to enjoy this game. Um, you know, one of the things, too, that, that you know, we want to emphasize here uh, on the Women of Golf show is that really golf is for everyone. It's not just, um, you know, for, for the young and up and coming, but as you said, you know, uh, 87, 90 years old, there's a lot of great people out there playing this game that just want to go out and have fun. And and, um, you know, that's the, one of the beauties of this sport is that it is a game that anybody can play at any age. Uh, you just have to have the determination to, to just get out, uh, you know, throw the clubs in the trunk and, and head to the golf course or head to the driving range and, and, uh, and just enjoy it and, and make a day, you know, make a day out of it. I don't necessarily mean an eight-hour day, but make a, you know, take a few hours, cut two hours or four hours, whatever it is that you want to commit, and just go out and have fun. And it's a great family um, sport as well, you know, husbands, wives, uh, their kids, they can all kinds of things. And, you know, you work with a lot of juniors as well in your boot camps, and I'm sure a lot of them would really love to have a family day of, of golf. Well, you know, it's funny. We have this one young man, Cal Deck, who's 11 years old, and he's a left-handed kid. He's playing right-handed, and he's okay with it. We tried them both ways and he's much more comfortable right-handed. And at this point, I mean, he's truly improved a lot, but he's not, you know, tour star material. 
And he comes once or twice a week, every week, and his dad brings him. His dad is just awesome. And and we said, why do you bring him? He said, I want a golf partner. I just yeah. want somebody I can play golf with. And it's like, yeah. what a cool reason. He doesn't care how good this kid gets. He's there to support him. He's going to do everything in his power to give him all the opportunities he can, but he just wants a golf partner. And it's like, you know what? It can just be for that. You want somebody yeah. to go play with. You know, some of my fondest memories as a kid was playing golf with my dad. And, of course, I was always trying to, you know, I was always, jack, you know, we would we would sort of role play a little, or I did. I shouldn't say my father so much. My father was a phenomenal golfer. And, um, you know, when I'd get out there, of course, I was Jack Nicholas. you know, and my father used to just chuckle under his breath because he's, you know, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, he saw the excitement that I had as a youngster playing. And, you know, what 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 greater gift um, you know, can you give your father than to, to be having fun at an activity with, with him, uh, especially as a boy, I mean, a girl as well, but uh, particularly as a boy, I mean, you know, fathers want to be out there with their sons and, and do something and, and golf was our, uh, you know, our, our game together. And, and we spent a lot of uh, years growing up playing golf. And for that reason, you know, we had a, a good relationship on, especially on the golf course, because it was something we were both passionate about. And but the the number one thing is he always said to me, you know, son, he said, have fun. Doesn't matter how good or how bad you're hitting the ball, just go out and let's have fun. And and when I sort of listened to that that those words of wit, now it doesn't mean I didn't struggle out there and you know under my breath you know mumble a few things like, gosh, why is this happening to me? You know, why did I hit it in the bunker and he's on the green? You know, with a with a birdie putt, but. You know, I just kept saying to myself what he said to me was just have fun. And uh, that's why I've enjoyed this game, you know, 50-odd years later. So, um, Cindy, I just want to make mention, obviously, we can tell the time slipping by. Uh, for some reason, I, I guess Alex uh, is doesn't look like he's going to be able to join us. Um, we'll try and reschedule him for another date. But uh, since we have a few minutes left, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up with um, – I want to talk about the Legends Tour uh, coming up. I know there's lots of great events coming up for the year. Are you going to get a chance to play in any? I am. I actually got invited by Nancy Lopez and Cindy Rare to play in an event in South Carolina and May 8th and 9th with the Symmetra Tour, oh. which is going to be awesome. So um, I should get there a little early, maybe, and uh, see who we can get on the show. Yes, we well... Get a Legends Tour player and a Symmetra Tour player at the same time. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I think that would be great to have uh, have one of each on. Now, th- they have another event later on in the season as well where um, the Symmetra players, or is this the one that they had last year? What was the no, event that this, they had? there's one before that, the Chico's event, and that is right. next weekend. April, okay. oh, what's today? Today is the 5th. Okay, so 7th. Uh, the, the 16th, 17th, 18th of April. Okay. Uh, okay. The yeah, Chico I thought that we... Yeah. Memorial. Yes, I did not get invited to that. Uh, there are 30 players that will be playing alongside the Symmetric Tour players in Fort Myers next week. And then uh, the event that I'm t- discussing is going to be May 8th and 9th in Greenwood, South Carolina, and I'm very excited to, to play, and I'm glad I'm down in Florida so I can hit some balls because it's snowing in buffalo <laughs> yeah that, that, that last what it minute, does right <laughs> yeah that last minute winter blast of course um yeah what an honor to to have uh you know nancy uh invite you to the event and that Na- you know nancy lopez is in, in my opinion um one of my most favorite um female golfers of all time and i think it's not just because of her great play but she just had a great personality i mean she was always you know very um, courteous and kind. She, in my opinion, and I think this is why they had a good relationship, a good friendship, but she was, in my opinion, the Arnold Palmer of women's golf. Oh, absolutely. She's just a, a gem of a person. And that's, yeah. she really is. She's awesome. And to this day, uh, she's so humble, caring, loving. She knows, she remembers where she came from, which is great. Right. Well, I think the interesting thing that I always admired about uh, Nancy Lopez um, was that she was able to beat you with a smile on her face. And, and that's, you know, usually when you're in the thick of things, you're in, in you know, in No, but that's true, really, when you think about it. You know, if you look back over her career, uh, I'm sure she had her difficult moments, as, as all um, professionals do. But 
um, you know, out in the golf course. But the thing was, she always managed to, you know, when she'd get in front of those galleries, just like Arnold does, you know, there's a point where he's competitive in the, in the moment of the shot, but when he's walking up along the side there and the fans are, are, you know, encouraging him on, you know, he's got a smile on his hands going up waving. And Nancy Lopez was always that way as well. Um, you know, yep. she was she uh, realizes certainly how uh, and lucky she is and she loves her job. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and that's, again, it goes back to, to that fun word. Uh, you know, she had, um, you know, fun out in the golf course. It was something that she enjoyed tremendously and it's given her a lot of pleasure uh, over the years and she gives so much back to the game and you know Cindy in, in all fairness uh, as do you um, you know you may not uh, ever or have ever aspired to the superstar uh, on the on the golf course maybe as say a Nancy Lopez but you're a superstar in your own right because you give so much back to the game with all you do through your your camps and and uh, your your teaching and 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 that sort of thing and and what you're even here every Tuesday morning. So uh, we appreciate you as well, Cindy. All the great things. And, and you know what? What the funny thing is, every time I mention your name um, in in circles, everybody has nothing but great things to say about Cindy Miller. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Now that that's well, true. Uh, I mean, I, and I, and as God is my witness, that is that is the God's honest truth. Um, you well, know, everybody's oh yeah, I know, nice. yeah, I know Cindy. Yeah, she's a uh, a feisty competitor, but she's just a great person, a hard worker. You know, just gives back and does so much for the to help grow the game. And that's really what it is. It's passing on a legacy, if you will. Um, and you don't, like I said, you don't have to be the greatest player in the world to be a great contributor to the sport. And, well, and, and you do the same life. thing with your two programs that you have. I mean, again, we don't sit here need to sit here and blow smoke up each other's no. butts, but, <laughs> but I thank you. Uh, I thank you right. for doing so, and I agree, and you do the same exact thing with your, both of your programs. Right. So we're right. just trying to grow the game that gave us so much, you know? That's right, and I, you know, I enjoy it. And I, I, when I talk with some of my corporate clients and things like that, you know, I say to them, this is really what it's all about: is go out and have fun. And yes, you have your business, and and you know, you're, you're trying to thrive your business. But I said, when you get out in that golf course, leave the business, if you will, at at the uh, at the pro shop and pick it up on your way out to to the car, and just go out and have fun and enjoy yourself. And that's really what it's all about. And that doesn't mean you can't do a little business on the golf course, but. Um, you know, I understand that's what some of them do, but at the same time, have fun while you're out there. If you hit a bad shot, you know, blow it off and, and worry about it when you, you know, next time for a lesson or on the practice tee. Don't try and fix your, your game out there. Um, and, and speaking of, of shows, just very quickly, I want to get out there. Um, as Cindy mentioned, of course, we have two shows. Cindy and I do this one together every Tuesday morning, and then I do one, Golf Talk Live, Thursday nights. I'm very, very excited this week. Uh, in addition to my Coach's Corner segment, which starts off the program, uh, Byron Casper, the son of legendary Billy Casper, is going to be joining me Thursday night. Uh, we're going to have sort of a special Masters, uh, being that this is Masters week. Uh, the second half of the show is going to be uh, dedicated to um, what's happening currently on the Masters. Uh, but also we're going to talk about um, a little bit about Billy Casper and how he handled himself out at Augusta National when he won his uh, green jacket. So we're going to talk about that with uh, the legendary Billy Casper's son, Byron. Oh, Casper. that's he's awesome. Been, yeah, and he's he's been on the show a few times, and he's a, a, a great guy, just a very humble, uh, hardworking guy. And, of course, he's taken over since uh, since lost Billy, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago now. Um but uh, he's taken over sort of the Casper um, legacy, if you will, and uh, he's done a great job uh, thus far, and I know he'll, he'll make his father proud. And, you know, one of the really interesting things, and I just want to make this one final uh, comment about that, um, about Billy Casper, just to show you how much of an impact. A lot of people don't know this, um, but years ago he was attending, of course, um, Byron, uh, sorry, Billy Casper uh, was Mormon and quite often spoke at different uh, you know, parishes and churches. And one year, a number of years ago, many, many years ago, uh, a woman approached him um, during one of his, his, after his speeches and, uh, you know, asked him and said that her son was interested in playing, um, you know, at a professional level. Did he have any advice? And if he said, you know, number one, just always be encouraging and, and supportive of him and, you know, tell him to go out and have fun. And, of course, he said some other things as well. And that made the difference. And to let you know who that son was, uh, was none other than the legendary Johnny Miller. 
that was his mother that spoke to Billy Casper many years ago. Oh wow! That, How cool! That is conversation, that? yeah, that conversation, and that's why if anybody that knows golf knows that Johnny Miller uh, was a huge, huge supporter, a fan, and friend of Billy Casper because of that. Um, he just admired the man very much, and it was because of those great words that that Billy gave to, to Johnny's mother that Johnny pursued the career that he did. So we, you know, we thank uh, the, the legendary Billy Casper for all that he gave uh, and has a great fan foundation, Billy's kids as well, which uh, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to always uh, shout out. Um, Cindy, we've wrapped it up. And as I said, unfortunately, Alex uh, from golf MDs wasn't able to join us today for some reason, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get him in the mix here. But uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller and myself, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we we want to thank our special guest this morning, uh, Casey Kennedy from the Symmetra tour. Uh, good luck, Casey. If you're, uh, when you're out there in the next uh, few weeks and this week, particularly, uh, we know a W will be very uh, coming very quickly for you. Uh, keep doing the hard work. We want to thank all of the people tuning in, the fans uh, that, that listen to the program each and every week. And as I said, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you for, for joining us each and every Tuesday. We'll see you next week here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless, Cindy. Have a great week, and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the boot camp. Same to you. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.